Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the day that the Lord has made. Good morning from Coolidge, Arizona. We are so pleased to be broadcasting today, May the 17th, 2020. And in our state of Arizona, things are opened up uh, with, the, uh, with the certain restrictions, of course, of social distancing and things of that sort. But our assembly hall is open today. So we will be following uh, our normal Bible study pattern uh, for this time period. This is a Bible study. Um, there's an outline that's been uh, provided on TalkShoe. And there's a number of scriptures there uh, noted, but there'll be a few others uh, that I've filled in since then <clears throat> that you might want to jot down because... This is a Bible study. It concern, concerns the idea of the kingdom is now. In other words, the kingdom of God is now uh, and not sometime in the, in the by and by, to use uh, religious terminology. Um, 
We have a morning scripture um, that goes with this lesson. I'll share with it, you now. It's not on your outline, but it's a good one from Jeremiah 31. And, of course, this is the, the prophet speaking to Israel and the covenant people of that day concerning the kingdom in the time of the kingdom, the period that was being promised. Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. Behold, days come, saith Jehovah, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the days of my taking them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they broke, although I was a husband unto them, saith Jehovah. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith Jehovah. I will put my law in their inward parts and will write it in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, No, Jehovah, for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith Jehovah. For I will pardon their iniquity and their sin, will I remember no more. Now, friends, that last verse I just read dates the, the, time, the time that all of this comes to pass. There's only been one time that sins were pardoned and remembered no more. And that's during the days of Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, in the crucifixion and the shedding of his blood. That's why the kingdom, friends, is now, and we're going to uh, look at the scriptures that tell us a story such as, as that. Now, I've mentioned nearly all of these things probably before in various lessons and things, but putting them all together in this concept. Here's the thing. Many people trusting in Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, are awaiting a glorious kingdom to be revealed sometime in the future. So they are basically in limbo until this occurs. We've gotten very used to that thinking. Um, unfortunately, it isn't backed up with Scripture. We should be thinking a different way. I believe that this is a misconception caused by the doctrines of men, uh, caused by various things that I'm not going to enumerate because um, that would take us a few hours. But this, this is a problem. Now the lesson, this lesson, is to try to clarify or at least set us on the path of the truth concerning the kingdom of God. Remember, the kingdom of God is the kingdom that has no end. Not just the word eternal or forever, because those are mis 
translations of a word that means something very much more than that. A time without end. No end of the kingdom of God. You see, we've had a lot of kingdoms in this world, but this one, as we find Scripture will make very clear, has no end. That's the kingdom that we're talking about. And the facts that it is indeed a reality today, that is the kingdom of God, has been revealed in scriptures. Now, here's the thing. As a boy, I grew up hearing the invisible church, the invisible church. Everything is spiritualized. The church is invisible, but it's here amongst us. Friends, the church is visible. It's visible. Uh, It has... Well, maybe the sound isn't quite as loud as it should be. It's a little muffled, but it's got a sound. It's, it has a word. It is visible, the church of our Lord. That's the whole idea, is for it to be visible, for it to teach the world of the things of God, of God's terms of pardon for the world, everyone in the world regardless of any of the divisions that men have tried to bring amongst every human being in this world. There is no division in God's eyes outside of the fact that uh, some are his and the others know him not. That's the work of the church, helping the know him not group. Now, the way we can look at this The way I have it in my outline is the first point being there was a promise. And then the promise was fulfilled in blood. And then the last point is the king of the kingdom. All of these things are essential in being a part of and knowing that the the reality of the kingdom of God. The promise... Well, it starts in Genesis, doesn't it? Genesis chapter 3, Genesis chapter 12. Chapter 3 in Genesis, God is cursing Satan, also speaking to to, to the woman uh, and, and the man. They're all there, but this is what they're hearing. Um, Genesis 3.15, just to minimize it here, uh, God says, an enmity I put between thee, that is, Satan, and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, he doth, the word is bruise, but it's actually crush, he doth crush thee, the head, and thou dost bruise him, the heel. Satan's going to be crushed. That's the, that's the promise. That's the end of the reign of that sort of situation amongst the, the, the people of God, where Satan was the ruler of, of uh, uh, because of sin. He was the ruler and caused the people to be fearful of death, of course. But one was going to come that was going to destroy the work of Satan, and that, of course, is the one that had his heel bruised. Now, in Genesis 
12, verse 3, God is speaking to Abraham. This is the beginning of the promise that came many, many verses uh, all through uh, God's dealing with Abraham. And he says this, And I bless those blessing thee. Now that's a big statement concerning Abraham, the father of the Jews. And him who is disseminating thee I curse, and blessed in thee have been all the families of the ground. In other words, on earth. See, through Abraham. Now, what was, why was Abraham being blessed? Because he believed God. See, that's the, that's the focus of, of uh, human life. Believing God or disbelieving God. And he has given us the great task of having free will to do either. He does not interfere with us. And in so doing, he surrounded us with the evidence of the fact that he is. And then what he says is true. Every one of his promises are fulfilled, whether they are um, promises of, of um, uh, good things or punishment, however you want to categorize them. God keeps his promises. I wish we could say man keeps his promises. But we can't be that bold. We could say we hope or we wish man would keep his promises. But but sometimes our promises need to be changed to make a good promise. So God has given us that latitude. Now the promise is further, further given to the Jewish people many years in the future beyond Abraham back during the captivity of the Jewish people in Babylon and in Daniel chapter 2 verses 44 and 45 Daniel has been explaining the the king's dream but right at the end of that dream uh, and all through this dream Daniel is laying out each man-made empire to come And now at the end of of the dream, the last empire is the Roman Empire. And during those days, as it says in verse 44, and in the days of these kings, raise up doth the God of heaven a kingdom that is not destroyed. To the age, that means without end. And its kingdom is, To another people is not left. It beateth small and endeth all the kingdoms and it standeth to the age or or forever or to without end. Verse 45, Because thou hast seen that out of the mountain cut hath been a stone without hands and it hath hath beaten small the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God hath made known to the king, that is, King Nebuchadnezzar, that which is to be after this. And the dream is true, and the interpretation is steadfast. Now, friends, the 
king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, fell on his face after this proclamation from heaven. And it's probably exactly the same thing that every human being should do when they come to understand this to be a great proclamation. History unraveled before all that was there that day. And now we can look back on it, seeing this 100% true, accurate. Can we not put a date on this kingdom of God? Can we not see when things came to pass? During the time of the Roman Empire, even if a person's only been to Sunday school a few times in their life, they probably heard something about it. It's something to grab a hold of. That's part of the promise. But it goes on in Luke chapter 1, when uh, I believe this Gabriel is speaking to Mary. Mary's a young girl, but she has been chosen to be, because of her righteousness, because of her uh, fidelity towards her God, she has been chosen to be the mother of the Messiah that had been promised, part of the promise, all the way back to Genesis 3, remember? Luke 30 through 33, And the messenger said to her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And lo, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and shalt bring forth a son, and call his name Jesus. He shall be great, the son of the highest he shall be called, and the Lord God shall give him a throne of David, his father. Remember, this last verse is very important. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob to the ages, that is, forevermore. And his reign there shall be no end. And of his reign there shall be no end. When did this start again? You see, now we're now we uh, we're in a time period that we can actually date. Uh, I believe this to be about uh, two B.C., maybe just a little earlier, but right about that point, two B.C. Later on, during the ministry of Jesus. Jesus set a couple time frames for us. And in Mark 9, the first verse, I'm just reading the, the, the meaty parts of these passages. And Jesus said, and he said to them, <clears throat> Verily I say to you, that there are certain of those standing here who may not taste of death, Till they see the reign of God having come in power. You see, the scriptures teach us concerning the kingdom of God, but somehow we're not grasping it. In our, it's kind of like we read these things and then we go out and say we're waiting for, we're waiting for the kingdom. But you see, they were waiting for the kingdom then. But there were some of them standing there in front of Jesus in A.D. 30 through 31 
29 through 31. Um, this is earlier in his ministry. <clears throat> Those that were alive at that point, they would actually see it come to pass. That, that's pretty strong evidence, isn't it? Um, you got you know we have to ask ourselves, do we believe what Jesus says or not? I think we better. Now, um, let's look at another passage in Luke 22, 29 through 30. Luke 22, 29 through 30. And I appoint to you as my Father did appoint to me a kingdom. Now this is Jesus speaking to his apostles. Verse 30 that you may eat and may drink at my table in my kingdom and may sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. There's another passage, I believe, in Matthew, uh, very similar to this. Friends, <laughs> friends, we have, you know, we're on the horns here of a great truth concerning the kingdom. Now, there's many other truths that go along with this. But do you really think there is another kingdom beyond the one bestowed upon the apostles by Jesus in this time period? You know, they were awaiting this. It was about to be sort of terminology. Um, now, if this is the eternal kingdom that has no end, that will not go from one peoples to another. If this is the never-ending kingdom of God, how is it that we could be looking for something beyond, something beyond the borders of time or even the concept? I think we can't. Now, the promise was fulfilled in blood. Now, here's a, a passage I want to share with you. It's not in our outline. Matthew 26, verse 26 through 29. And 29 is the, I'm reading for effect here. Matthew 26, 26. This is a passage we use it at the communion table many times. But it's very telling. And while they were eating, that is Jesus and the apostles, Jesus having taken the bread and having blessed, did break and was given to the disciples and said, Take eat, this is my body. And having taken the cup and having giving, uh, given thanks, he gave to them saying, Drink ye of it all. For this is my blood of the new covenant that for many is being poured out to remission of sins. Verse 29. And I say to you that I may not drink henceforth on this product of the vine till that day when I may drink it with you new in the reign of my father. The word reign can also be translated kingdom. Who is the you there? Can't mix that up. Who is the you? The
So you have to be those that are sitting there listening to these words, I believe, around the table. How many paintings of the Last Supper do you suppose we have in this world? Um, is this promise, did this promise happen? Was it fulfilled? Well, of course it was. The Gospels, uh, and I think in each one, have the account of Jesus eating with his apostles after his resurrection. Was that the reign of his father? Here's the point, friends. And if you've never heard this before, I, I, I'm sure you have, but do you believe what Jesus says or not? The apostles believed, but they had some doubt, as we read also in the Gospels. They had some doubt. A lot of things were happening in their life. It was a very stressful time. They had doubt. People have doubt today. But you see, faith... Faith in what, the, what God has promised and what the Lord has said and what the apostles have taught. Faith replaces doubt. Faith repla replaces fear. And faith will heal all of these problems that we have that cause us to be ineffective. So how important is faith? Well, the the writer of Hebrews says, without faith it is impossible to please God. I think that's um, Hebrews 11.6. Another fact that is evident, if you care to do your homework, in the grammar, but all of the promises concerning the kingdom, that, that kingdom without end are past tense after Acts chapter 2. We're talking about in the time period. That's A.D. 31. They're all past tense after that point. Check it out. It'd be a good study. You're going to find that the apostles were speaking of the kingdom that has been established. Now, they were waiting for what? They were waiting for the parousia of Christ, the presence of Christ again to come and close out the first covenant. They were waiting for that. Um, the people that we read about in the scriptures all the way through. Clear up to and completing uh, Genesis cha or, uh, Revelation chapter 20, verses uh, chapters 21 and 22, and Revelation are speaking after the fact, uh, but most people don't recognize it that way. But what were those words that were hurled, heard around the world that that this, this kingdom was in place? We find it in Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 29. I'm going to read a few of these verses. And this is Peter, of course, speaking to the Jewish people the first time uh, concerning the Messiah, someone that they knew, someone that many of them believed was Messiah, but he had been crucified. Men and brethren, he says, it is permitted to speak with freedom unto you concerning the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is among us 
to this day. A prophet, therefore, being, and knowing that with an oath God did swear to him out of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, to raise up the Christ to sit upon his throne, that is, David's throne. Having foreseen, he did speak concerning the rising again of the Christ. David spoke of this as a prophet. Concerning the Christ, the rising again, that's the resurrection. That his soul was not left to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus did God raise up of which we are all witnesses. Speaking of the apostles here. Uh, There were others too, of course, but the apostles never speak beyond themselves as far as these points go because they are requirements of the apostolic ministry. At the right hand, then, of God, having been exalted, also the promise of the Holy Spirit, having received from the Father, he was shedding forth this, which now you see and hear. And what is the, the Spirit? It's the, it's the God-breathed uh, evidence of God working. That, that's what the, the Spirit is. God, the God-breath effect, if you will. The God-breath effect was being seen by the Jews upon the apostles that day. And this Holy Spirit the, the apostles had received. Right. In, ba- in baptism. Right, and they, it, it doesn't go beyond that in that passage. He's talking about what they're seeing from the apostles what's proceeding from the apostles and the evidence of it. For David did not go up to the heavens, and he saith himself, The Lord saith to my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand. Now that verse is powerful. Consider it. Till I make thy footstool, thy foes, thy footstool. Assuredly, therefore, let all the house of Israel know that both Lord and Christ did God make him, this Jesus whom you did crucify. And having heard, they were pricked to the heart. They say also to Peter and the rest of the apostles, What shall we do, men and brethren? And Peter said to them, Reform and be baptized each of you in the name of, the, of Jesus Christ unto, to the remission of sins, and you shall receive receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For to you is the promise, and to your children, and to all those afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Friends, what is the gift of God, the Spirit? It's sonship. It's to become a child of God. That's the gift of the Spirit. That's the breath effect of God upon those that are obedient to the gospel. Those words were heard around the world. They were, they were first spoken in Jerusalem as instructed from heaven by the Father. And then, sometime later, they were also shared by the Apostle Peter unto the, unto the Gentiles, 
and the Apostle Paul within that same period, also preaching to the Gentiles. God opened the kingdom to the Gentiles according to his promise. So we have the kingdom. It's been established. We know when. In, in the A.D. 30s, it's been established. The last thing let's look at is the king of the kingdom. The king of the kingdom. Let's look at Revelation 22, the first verse. Give you an idea. You see, this is the kingdom established, and this is the the Apostle John seeing this vision in heaven at, at the time of, at the closing, after the closing of the first covenant, after judgment and reward had been given unto the people of God at that time, the parousia of Christ had, had come and was now over. And in verse, chapter 22, John says, And he showed me a pure river, of water of life, bright as crystal, going forth out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Do we see a vision of the King? Of course we do. And all through Revelation we have this, the view into heaven, the workings of heaven. There is God and the Lamb, you see, the Lamb speaks to the promise, speaks to, to salvation that men now have as they live with God. God lives with them. So, we, the assembly, are its subjects. We are subject to the kingdom. We are subject to the king in heaven. And you see, as we live in these lives, these physical lives, we have a relationship with God that's in a vertical. Um, we also have a relationship with our brethren that's more horizontal. We live in the kingdom as we are in Christ in these bodies. We await the time when we will go to the place we're homesick for. That's the city of God. That's the new heavens and the new earth. The new Jerusalem, if you will. That was very comforting for the Jews. To where the presence of God is and the Lamb of God. Let's look at Isaiah 2. I'm going to read... Uh, yeah, verse 2 and 3 in Isaiah chapter 2. And it hath come to pass, says the prophet, in the latter end of the days. You see, that's, that's more than just uh, uh, the end. It's the latter end of the days. In other words, all the days have run through, and now at the very end of those days. All right? That's the idea. Established is the mount of Jehovah's house. Isn't that what the body of Christ is? Isn't that what the kingdom is? Above the top of the mounts, 
and it hath been lifted up above the heights, and flowing unto it have all the nations. And gone have many people, and said, Come, and we shall go up unto the mount of Jehovah, unto the house of the God of Jacob, and he doth teacheth of his ways, and we walk in his paths, for from Zion goeth forth a law, and a word from Jehovah from Jerusalem. Now what is that word? That word is salvation in the name of Christ. That's the point when sins are remitted and remembered no more. That's a period of time that happened in a moment, if we can say. When Jesus said, it is finished from the cross, he's speaking of the blood-bought covenant that was upon the world at that time. I think the king is named, if we go to Jeremiah 23, verses 5 and 6, Lo, days are coming, an affirmation of Jehovah. And I have raised to David a righteous shoot, and a king hath reigned and acted wisely and done judgment and righteousness in the earth. In his day is Judah saved, and Israel dwelleth confidently. And this, his name, that Jehovah proclaimeth him, our righteousness. By the way, that is the terminology given for the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. We have it all right there, but it's hard to understand uh, if you don't understand what came before and, and what followed. Also in uh, Isaiah 56.1, We have another, um, the Isaiah this time, the prophet Isaiah. Thus saith Jehovah, keep ye judgment and do righteousness, for near is my salvation to come and my righteousness to be revealed. God was promising this all through the days, all through the years. Um, and speaking of it very clearly, especially in Isaiah here, if we take and read the rest of the chapters to the end of the uh, of Isaiah, we see it all described. Um, lots of adjectives and verbs and nouns. Very informative. Also, as we know, as the apostles preached, all people are invited into this kingdom. God has made it. God has, has fulfilled the, what is known as the mystery of God that the apostles and only the apostles revealed. The mystery of God was that two would become one in Christ. The covenant people of, of Israel and the Gentiles would become one people in Christ. All people are invited. In Romans uh, chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, 
I think, speak to this. For I am not ashamed of the good news of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who is believing, both to the Jew first and to Greek. For the righteousness, righteousness of God, it, in it is revealed from faith to faith according as it has been written, and the righteousness won by faith shall live. The apostles spoke of these things, promoted and, and pro- proclaimed the, the gospel, the promise that God had made to, in the hearing of Adam and Eve and Satan himself, But you know, the the idea that that keeps coming up in Scripture is the idea that God the Father is all in all. He is in all. Uh, That's where some people get the idea that uh, God is the rock uh, that you find on the ground, in the water, in the lake. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's an expression that kind of kind of takes away from the whole idea here. Um, yes, uh, the gold and silver in all the hills belong to God. The cattle on, on the hills belong to Yes, that is all true. But there's more to being the all in all. And in 1 Corinthians we find where we're going to find where Jesus, the Messiah, there comes a point at the time of the Perusia, and at that point in time, that something very exciting happens that has been cloaked in some misunderstanding quite often. But we read here the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth, chapter 15, verse 20, And now Christ hath risen out of the dead, the first fruits of those sleeping he became. For since through man is the death, also through man is a rising again of the dead. For even as in Adam all die, so also in the Christ all shall be made alive. And each in his proper order. A first fruit, Christ, afterwards those who are Christ, in his presence, by the way, that's at the parousia. And if you want to do a study on the pronouns there, you're welcome to do so to see what that might, who that might be. Then, then the end. The end of what, friends? The end of the covenant. The promised end. There was a, a beginning of the covenant and there was a promised end all through the Old Testament. When he, that is Christ, Jesus, may deliver up the reign to God, even the Father, when he may have made useless all rule and all authority and power. For it behooveth him to reign till he may have put all the enemies under his feet. The last enemy is done away, death. For all things he did he put under his feet and when one may say 
that all things have been subjected, it is evident that he is accepted, exempted who did subject all things to him. Now we're talking about the fact that Jesus has become obedient to the Father, and the Father put these things under the Son's feet. Verse 28 explains it. And when the all things may be subjected to him, then the Son also himself shall be subject to him, who did subject to him the all things, that God may be the all in all. That's the all in all. That tells us the way things are right now in the world we live in. This is the heavenly order. And does it minimize the sun? I don't see that. It destroys Calvinism and and the uh, Trinity, but uh, doctrines of men that you can't get the same definition anytime you ever ask what it means. This is the truth. And we don't have to worry about a power struggle in heaven. We don't have to worry about there being three gods of equal power in heaven. That, by the way, if you're going at uh, converting Jews and Muslims with with a three-headed god, you might as well stay home because you have cemented the head-shaking no immediately. Just just consider that. That's why these things are so important. That's why the idea of the kingdom being with us now. We live in the kingdom without end now. This is the order in heaven that we have now. There was act, there's actually some conversation that the Muslim faith sprouted from a resistance to... You know the three-part God. Uh, I I haven't studied that faith enough to know, but it, I've certainly read it in several places. That's right. You can't evangelize someone, which is good work, but if you go at them with something that is profane, you're you're not going to have much success. You can't. You can't teach them of the three gods from the Bible, and they know it. We should know it. We should understand concerning the kingdom. We should understand the Father, the one who is all in all, and his Son, who is the Lamb, the one that purchased the kingdom with his blood. It all goes together very, very well in the mind of God. Now, our task is to organize our thinking, our mind, our actions, and our words to line up with those things. And with that, we are out of time this morning for our lesson. And uh, we will uh, dismiss at this time. If you would uh, bow with me, I'd like to close in prayer. Our Father in heaven, The words that we have read and discussed today have come from you, have been inspired and recorded by holy men through the breath effect of your presence in their lives. 
that we may know the truth, that we may have confidence of each day that we, we awake to the task at hand. May these things be useful, Father. May they be, uh, become more and more evident to those of this world that need to know you. And we pray it all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 